Gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben, uh, recovering very slowly, Lomas, and with me always is Dilruk Jayasinghe. Oh, well, thank you, but also I'm disappointed I didn't get a little uh, Dilruk something Jayasinghe. Well, I thought Try that's again. where you, uh, no, 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 that's where well, I thought Ben's you come in. Ben's recovering, Lomas. What okay. about Dilruk? Dilruk's back still fucked, Jayasinghe. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Sorry. I hate to ruin your podcast, but I think you actually got it, Daruk, when you said a little something. Daruk, a little something, Jai said. All right, that's all the time we have for this week's episode. <laughs> we don't need to hear any more from our guests. Uh, no, I am so excited about this guest. Um, for me, oh, man, I've been dying to get this man on, and uh, yes. it is so exciting to have him. Too. We've got too many things to talk about. He's got too many credits. He's got radio. He's got TV. I mean, a bloody hollow man, for fuck's sake, is where most oh, people would see that again recently. Right. I know, but also... Um, Ah, Jesus, Ross recently, SAS Australia. Winner, <laughs> you call it winner or completed the course, whatever it is, fucking hell. It's one of Australia's funniest, Marek Watts. Yeah. Uh, great to be on, boys. Great Thank to you party. so much for coming. So many things to unpack. Uh, firstly, Benny, you would have grown up with where um, you you saying Merrick as a um, oh, God, voice. aging me, aging me no, straight no, away. No, but it's funny because I was thinking about this. It's like I think we have met once before in like a group setting, but we didn't really get to chat. I think it was in Sydney. What do you mean by group setting on audio? Yeah, yeah. I the, think I, I was going to say I think I high fived you, but yes. I was currently inside somebody else, and you were entering <laughs> another person, and we. And I was hard because I was wearing a, a weird Renaissance yeah, mask. Same. And you same. had a ball. You had a ball in your mouth or something. And the only reason I recognised it was you just went, "Welcome to Sydney." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're at the the airport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Qantas Lounge has become real elaborate. <laughs> yeah, we were certainly not at the Virgin Lounge. <laughs> but it's it's your laugh because your laugh is imprinted to me. Because for people who don't know, uh, yeah, Love Hill grew up uh, with uh, you on the radio with Rosso back in the Triple uh, Triple J days. Now it's a while ago, yep. 1998. I remember it very vividly. I picked up a landscaping job out in the outskirts of Melbourne, and I always looked forward to the afternoon. I'd have you have you guys on the radio, and I remember I had uh, an earphone in, had a little radio, like an AM, uh, AM FM radio in the back. I was doing some landscaping. I was building some steps. And I just listened to you every, like from Monday to Friday. I just listened to it all the time. And I didn't realize that while listening to you, I literally did no work. And so when the guy, <laughs> when, when the guy came to check on it, I was supposed to build like on this sort of hill. I had to build close to 30 steps. By the time he came after day four, I walked in. I'd only built six. And so, and I was really pleased since we've been talking. <laughs> But then all I remember is like, have you? Do you even know what you're doing? And I could just hear you laughing in the background in my earphone, and I was like, oh, well, this is just perfect. I, I'm not built for this. I can't do this. <laughs> so then you went, you know what? I'll leave the security of landscaping and go to the warm breast of comedy because nothing can ever go wrong in that no, industry, no, as no. we know. No. There's three lonely people in isolation. <laughs> yeah. Or it's people like, always need to laugh. There's yeah. nothing in the world that can happen that can stop from people wanting to see a laugh. Or, yeah. or, or, or as a friend said, said to me, he's like, he guys, oh, you must think twice about hitching your wagon to, to comedy under the circumstances. I was like, it's so nice that you think I can afford a wagon. Thank you so much. <laughs> Isn't it funny when you think about this, that 
is a challenge for comedians that during the Second World War, which went for six years and was horrific and basically engulfed the entire planet in flames, um, comedy clubs still ran. That was the oh, running. Yeah, really? Was true. Running. People were still true. going out and seeing stand up and, you know, and seeing performers and, and shows. Not so much stand up, but, you know, yeah. vaudeville and stuff. People were still going out and seeing live performances. <laughs> well, apparently there was a lot of diversity issues at the Dusseldorf Chuckle Hut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they had some, yeah. some of your people tried to enter. <laughs> Nine. Uh, they would have got a lot of international acts. There's a good airport there, Dusseldorf. Anyway, yeah. uh, just a little okay. tidbit for your outback. Yeah, every comedian, get instead of getting the light at five, they get the right at five. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is starting off poorly. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually perfect. This is actually pretty highbrow for what we're normally talking about. Between, yeah. So, oh. um, mate, so where, where do we start? Okay, so I guess we'll go with you uh, where, where, in terms of before we get to SS, because there's a lot to unpack there, which yeah. I loved watching. So every every fucking ounce of it. And I messaged you on Nair one as well saying how much I'm just loving your, your just watching you and seeing how focused you are. So we'll get to that. But t- take me through, because I've only known you, Mez, for maybe now five, six years or so, right? Relatively mm-hmm. speaking, quite recently we've been mates. But before that, there, there was, say, for lack of a better word, uh, a more cushioned version of you, uh, uh, you know, the photos. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and versus <laughs> the lean, running, fucking athletic machine we see in front of us at the age of 49, 48 right now. Yeah. Um, back in the day, it was a bit, bit, bit you know, a bit more cushioning, a bit more, bit, bit yeah. chunkier. Yeah. So what happened? What give us, give us that little transition? Um, okay, so I was about, oh, I was, I'm 47 now. I turned 48 in November, but I reckon I was about probably 41 or 42. I was still working in radio, and um, I just, I just got a bit kind of pudgy, and and it was a bit out of shape. So I was weighing around about. Um, I used to weigh around about like. 90 kilograms is kind of like a weight that I was pretty comfortable with. And then I, I, one day I had a look at the scales and I was 98 kilos and I was climbing and I was like, wow, that's a lot more than I would normally carry. And uh, it was actually, I was playing with my kids and I've always had a bad shot. I, I injured my shoulder playing footy many years ago and I hurt the rotator cuff, but I went to go and put my kids in the air, throw my kids in the air and I couldn't lift them. And they're only like very small children. And I went, this is, I'm too young. This is, this is bullshit. I I don't want to not enjoy this time. Um, And I want to be physical with my kids. So um, how old were you when you had your second? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how old they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I don't know what their names are at this point. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm not, an, I'm not that... a monster. There's the, the boy and the girl. <laughs> but... You're like Sandra Bullock from Bird Box. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, boy. <laughs> but, that's, but that's classic second child mentality. Because someone goes, when was your daughter born? I'll be like, easy, 2000, April 2014. When's your son born? Ah, oh, sometime after that. <laughs> <laughs> At Nick Cody's wedding, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He that's like there. the frame of reference. Yeah, um, so sorry. So, okay. So, you were you would have been like what? Uh, oh, yeah. Late, like, late 30s? I no, no. I, would, it, no. I think I was at like about 40, 41, 42, probably about right. 42, I reckon. Right. Yeah. And um, so, anyway, I just kind of went, I'm not in good physical condition. I can't do the things I want to do. So, um, I had an opportunity to go and do this thing, um, which was the, the men's health physical challenge, like where you go off and do a men's health program. I'd seen Larry M to do it, and I'd seen yep. a few other people do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, 
you know, oh, they'll give me a trainer. Um, mm. They'll give me a diet plan. Like a guy, this guy, Ken Burns, great bloke. He uh, he kind of said, yeah, no worries, you guys. We're gonna we're gonna shred ten kilos off you. His in 10 last weeks. name is Burns, and he's a yeah. physical yeah. fitness yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> That's fucking Ken Burns. great. I, like, I love yeah, that. Yeah. He, he does. He does. <laughs> he does. My my dad works like in a hospital. Nutritionist named Rachel Calorie. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad worked in a hospital and he he says he swears the audience he worked with a sex therapist called dr balls <laughs> no way yeah no way i promise you this is true in carlton in melbourne in the 90s i went to a doctor's clinic and one of the doctor's names i promise well, his ben, name was ben grew up in carlton can I you think guess? i know where you're going with ben this. ben get, let's play this game ben, ben, the- i'll start with a letter and you finish off ready uh, dr k what was the last? What was the last name? Doctor Killer. Killer. Doctor. I was going to say Killer. I was going to guess Doctor Killer. killer. I, I went with. I was going to say Doctor K Y Jelly. My, my mind went completely else. Okay. I mean, all right. Let's let's. Wow. Let's like God. This is great. Yes, Doctor ending killer. from Ben. Wow. Uh, doctor, what's the doctor's name? Uh, a lubricant. That. Well, but hang on. But just I know we're sidetracking for a second, Dill. But Please. For, but you go in there, Dill. And there's Dr. Killer and Dr. KY Jelly. They're the only two doctors available on the day. Who do you choose? <laughs> I'm definitely going to go for the one with the smooth entry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just easy way in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, Dr. Oh, KY Dr. Jelly. Killer. All right, Dr. Killer, how do you spell Is that K-I-L-L-E-R or like Exactly, a... like a killer, like a murderer killer. I was, yeah, I was not, I, that I is bad marketing. I it could is. not believe it. And that, that was yeah. in the 90s. We were doing a lot of weird shit in the 90s. I was taking most of it. But anyway, yeah, so, um, <laughs> so the, look, in a roundabout way, I went off and did this program for 10 weeks with men's health. And I Cam lost Burns. It. That's where we yep. went sidetracked. Yeah. 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 And I did like 10, 12 kilos. So I dropped down to 84 kilos. I was wow. 96 when I started. I'd already peeled a couple of kilos back. But I was, um, I got back to 84 kilos, pretty lean and super, you know, super fit, pretty fit. And then um, that was the, after that, I just went, you know what, like I can just kind of, I should just maintain this. And that's what I've always, you know, kind of strive to do is just kind of maintain a weight between 84 mm. and about 86 kilograms is my happy space. Great okay. And so Great how long way. was that time period between for the men's health thing? What was 10 that? weeks. That's ten about ten, yeah, it's ten, a 10 ten week program. Yeah, that's pretty. So. That's 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 not too bad. Like it's not like crazy amount of weight, no. but one, about a kilo a week, which is you know, and so that. So do you remember what you did for that one? At that time, I know you had a professional. Like you had like uh, radio. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, no. for for what I did to lose the weight. Yeah. Yes. Uh look, you know, plenty of running. Yeah. Um, and really, really basic stuff, which I still do today. There was this thing that Cam put me onto, which is called the 500, which is just very simply sets of 25, four sets of 25, so 100. But yeah. uh, 100 push-ups, squats, dips, lunges, and crunches. That's it. That's it. Just the five. My mate that's does that the at the moment. He does that, and he just does it every day. Five that's sets, it. 100, mate, done. That's it. It's, and I promise you that is, that is enough. It's comprehensive enough. So I'd use that as part of my still, still to this day. And it was a huge part of that. Uh, that was kind of like the, the, the building block for what I did for SAS training is I would do that. That would be my strength um, uh, training. And then I would add, I'd bolt on other bits like chin-ups and I'd, I'd bolt on some Russian twists and I'd bolt on some um, uh, step-ups and I'd bolt on some um, arm curls with, with dumbbells and stuff yeah, like that. But, yeah. but the framework of that 500 was it, it's still to this day, still to this day, a part of my regular workout regime. 
So push-ups, lunges, squats, and uh, crunches. crunches, and what's and the one dips. I mean? Dips. Dips. What's dips? Dips. dips. Is Tri- on the side. Oh yeah, triceps. Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing is, it's it's functional strength training. So you don't require any equipment at all. You can just do all of it. And it's what I call my hotel room workout. So if I'm if I'm stuck somewhere and I can't do a run or I can't do I can't get out or I don't I'm pretty short for time, I can smash that out in 20 minutes, and that's enough to kind of you know peak my body back up and and keep it you know. Um, uh, you know, just get a workout done. Just yeah. get, and all stuck somewhere. Good thing you don't have that problem. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, right? But that's been huge though, because everyone talks about it's five groups and of a hundred, and everyone's talking about that now. That like you don't need like because if you think about the first lockdown, everyone bought gym equipment. Everyone just went bananas. Just went bananas. Like sold mm. out at Rebel and everything. And now everyone's like, nah. All you just need is a small little courtyard or even in a living room, and then you can do it. And every, everyone seems to be doing it for at least two weeks. I'm telling you, like it's it, like yeah. literally. Like, like you, you can do it in a bedroom, like a hundred percent. And for me, I could, I could get as fit as a fiddle doing that. And it's all you have to do is just kind of push those. If you can only do those 500, you need no equipment. The other thing is the dips. You kind of need like a chair or, or yeah. a ledge or something like that, but that's it. But um, if you do that and you double that and you go to a, a thousand on it, you'll get ripped real quick and still to this day, I do it, but that was, yeah, that's a huge, that's a really, really easy one. It's because it's functional too. So, yeah. you know, so like did that, all of that would have helped with the children stuff, like playing with your kids and all correct. that. It was all functional, like lifting yes. them above your head and things like that. Because how yeah, old are your correct. kids now? Mary, how old are, how old? Um, my boy is 12 and my daughter is nine. Nine. Okay. So, yeah. yeah back then. Ten. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, God. Crazy time with those kids in, in lockdown. Yeah. But so are you still physical with them now? Like, is that continued? Like, just like, are you still? Yeah, absolutely. Go for a kick of the footy with my son. And I, I try to keep them active. And, and my, do- my daughter is very active anyway, naturally. She's probably like literally skateboarding out in the streets and like that. She's a bit of a daredevil. My son um, needs a little bit more encouragement because it, he's funny, a bit lazy. Because it seems like I'm having the issue now at the moment. My son, um, you know, is is so onto it. He just he, his favorite sport is uh, I know again people contact me. His favorite sport is professional cycling. So we're watching the Tour of Spain right now, and he's obsessed. <laughs> and the other one is uh, footy and soccer. But my daughter, her only like because she's not as coordinated. It's like the one thing we can do is swimming to try and get yeah. her to go swimming. But the pools are shut, and there's yeah. only so many times. I mean, she suggested to fill up the wheelie bin with water. I was like, you know what, darling, let's just wait until the pools are open. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like, like it's just that difference between I, I, I'm ne- I haven't met a parent yet who's got two kids that are really active. No, but they're, they're just, they're very different. Like I look yeah. at my brother and I, my brother and I are very, very different people. Like in personalities, we're, we're diametrically opposed. You know, we're so, not that, that we argue about everything. We actually agree on lots of stuff, although we've had some massive punch-ups. <laughs> massive. <laughs> we, we had a massive punch-up at my mum's 70th birthday party. That's how good what? we are. Oh, yeah. Like full on. What? Like, like, what? Like, so, Wait. Like connecting. Oh, mate. Yeah, yeah. Punched up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that would I'm assuming relatively recent, unless your mom's like 90. No, she's eight, she's 80, she's 80 years of age, so just over a decade ago. Decade ago, had, wow. We had, we had children, the children watched us fight, so that oh was really- my lord. I, I mean, <laughs> I do you know what it was over. I know this, yeah, is, this is please tell us what is it over. I was gonna I, ask if it's not I, too intrusive. I love my brother dearly, and he's a great guy, he is, and he's got a great heart. But literally, we had a fight over the playlist of my mother's um, uh birthday party because mum wanted some more pointer sisters and i just said mate why can't you just and he's going i programmed a whole lot of music and i said i don't reckon they want to listen to ghostface killer mate i said get on some fucking pointer sisters. <laughs> and he just blew up 
He just blew up, and I said, "Well, fuck this. Let's have a fight then." And, and that's like the idea of in the background. I'm so excited. It's so funny. <laughs> still. It just kept- <laughs> and all, all the oldies, they're all old and pissed, so they don't even realise that we're having a punch up on on the driveway. It's just so funny. They just but- they think it's like a cross between new dancing and parkour. <laughs> <laughs> no, they- it's like Brazilian. It's uh, yeah, ben, yeah. no, ben, they're seventy, so they just thought it was one of their friends having either a heart attack or a seizure. Stroking <laughs> out. There's two guys stroking out on the ground, and they go, "Ah, oh, they'll be right. Ron will fix that." It's, a, it's an Australian capoeira, uh, dumb country era. So, any any injuries, like, or is it just like nah, who pulled you up? Okay, no, okay. that's fine. In the past, we had some pretty nasty stuff, and there's a couple of visits to hospitals, but it was like, oh, you know, yeah, as man. A parent, like, oh, oh, I can't like, imagine it. I oh, drink, ben said, as a parent, everyone, sip your drink. Let me just to go to rock up to hospital with two kids going, what happened here? Yeah, what? um, one Mate, punch the other. <laughs> no, that's not even it. My mum once had to take my brother to hospital, right? And she had to explain at hospital <laughs> why my brother had a spear in his head. <gasps> Guess it, I'll get right now. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the game. I'm gonna play the game because I know Dilruk wants to. Because we just did it with the doctor, uh, Dilruk. Who do you reckon threw the spear? <laughs> a mum. I think she finally. <laughs> I brought you in this world. I'm gonna take you away. I can't deal with two of you. Wait, when you say spear, I'm like a fishing spear. Nah, he'd be like, dead what's then. What's a spear? Like so, we, we were like an asparagus it- spear. <laughs> no, not quite. We were having a game of Monkey Magic, which is very popular in great, the 80s. Great show. That and, TV uh, show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was obsessed yeah. by it. Obsessed okay. by Monkey. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so we had a Did couple of you see of the night. new revived Netflix version? Is it any good? No. The, no. Oh, I think there's I'll a new that. version that came out two years ago. How long, how long until you found out that Buddha was uh, a woman? No, oh, I knew Buddha was a woman. Yeah, it, woman. It, it, Tripitaka. Is it Buddha Tripitaka. or Tripitaka? Yeah, sorry. Tripitaka. Tripitaka. Buddha was a woman and Tripitaka was played by a woman playing the part of a man. Yeah, which I didn't realise till like it's halfway cool through. It. And it blew it blew me away. And then, you know, and then for people who don't know, you watch Monkey Magic and then it would smooth seamlessly over to the goodies. <laughs> yeah, I know. I loved all of it. That was like my life. That was Same. like my life is like hyper violence and comedy yeah. have always been a big part of my life. SAS and stand up. I like <laughs> I like levity and brevity. I like having a good time at the risk of somebody Dying. <laughs> so, oh, that's so like my, me at an open mic. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. my brother and I were having a game of monkey with our neighbours, and uh, my brother got a rake or something like that, or a stick or something, and he came up and he belted me across the shins, and I was very angry with that. Oof. So I went away and I got a stick and one of Mum's kitchen knives, and I sharpened the point up until it became a spear. Oh my- God. I came back about, I don't know, 15 minutes later or something like that. Yeah. I really it don't know. It takes a while to sharpen a spear. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> like, I mean, it does. Like, the, the time, I don't know how long it was, but it was the time it took to make a spear, right? <laughs> I came back. No one's playing monkey anymore. Everyone <sighs> has moved on. Like, I think they were playing cricket now or something like that. And I just came back and I said, And you're playing, you're playing Oz, that prison show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing Psycho. And I just, I just, I remember just saying to my brother, I said, Hey, and he just turned around and I just threw this spear and I went through the air and it hit him in the ear, went right through his ear, like literally through his ear and stabbed him in the head. 
Oh my god! So he had a piece so of he, he had he a could stick have died. hanging. Oh yeah, easy. Imagine if I got him in the face, he would have died for sure. He would have, and, but also, and credit to you, that is some amazing sharpening. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, I know. And you got to consider this: all of this happened whilst Mum's seventieth birthday was still going. Ahead. So it was like <laughs> <laughs> this will teach him. Daddy, yeah. what are you up to? Just give me fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, forget the, forget the pointer sisters. This is the pointed brothers with the yeah. point, sharp pointed names. But Mary, but we're, we've run out of gas in the gas bottle. I'm just sharpening this spear, and I'll be oh right there. All right, anyway, all right. so that's... we got we we got here by saying that you and your brother are diametrically opposed uh, in terms of physicality and things like that, like yeah. as in the uh, just your approach to life and stuff. But even yeah, but is it have this feeling like you do SAS? Does your brother do the opposite and do a hot dog competition? <laughs> like, Actually, you know, probably like... <laughs> probably quite likely. My brother's a really really good um, slow cooker. He's got like a, this thing called a Silver Creek, which is like the duck's guts of, of slow cookers. Yeah, my brother would he would cook me under the table without any doubt. But yeah, well, okay. and he makes sausages and stuff like that. And he's he's very artistic and very uh, kind of gifted with uh, computers and things like that. Whereas like I'm a computer numpty, bad, like super luddite. Um, and I was always, like, my brother would make models and play with things in his own little world and his own universe where I was like one of the climb trees and make things and play sports and go on bike rides and cause trouble and set fire to things and shit like that. So, you know, he was, he was basically what I'm saying is he, he is good. I'm evil. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, you didn't need to spell it out. We heard the spear story. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so right, okay. So the, the, we got here by saying, in terms of your kids and your, you know, the sportiness or whatever of, of your daughter and all of that. So that's great that you're able to maintain that the fitness and there's that di- direct link between your motivation to stay healthy and this other purpose, which is not just about you feeling better and health and aesthetically pleasing it has like actual functional uh use to you know yeah. being able to be able to play with your kids and stuff like that yeah. so then then let's let's think in fast forward to where we're at in terms of sas now mm-hmm. what was the gap between when you knew you were going to be doing it and actually going on the show just and before, again also you yeah. explain the show just explain the yeah show. i was just literally going to say yeah yeah so what yeah what's the uh uh, for those of us who are maybe international listeners who might not know what yeah. it is, uh, Merrick, what's SAS Australia? It, <clears throat> SAS Australia is based on the British format SAS Who Dares Wins, which is a, 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 for want of a better term, a hyper reality television program based on special forces selection, based specifically on SAS selection methods for uh, entry into the SAS. It is physically and mentally the most brutal television show uh that can be made based on the hardest selection course for uh, the military on the planet um yeah, it is special re- services as <clears throat> special australians is that what what's it say it's them for again special air special. service yeah, Merrick yeah. so, says it's the most brutal reality show, but look, so, like uh, having done MasterChef, I'm sure <laughs> 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 seeing, seeing something burn in front of you yeah. that you're so sure that was going to be great. I'll yeah. tell you what, that's pretty mentally. Yeah, <laughs> at least at least for us, the not we know the knives are behind us; they're in front of you. And, then, exactly. and, also, and also, next brutal is uh, if anyone saw the editing on uh, The Bachelor a couple of nights ago, brutal stuff there. You know as what well. happened? <laughs> no, it's just like when you know they try and piece together an episode you're like what really happened what really happened nothing happened that's what happened that's it so yeah it is um watching that show they they don't muck around they really put you through some shit and i remember saying to you mez after you came out of it um i said i was watching every single challenge 
and knowing that there was nothing I could actually com- uh, complete of all the challenges, maybe an endurance run, perhaps, but barely even that. Yet for the first time in my life, I realized how much I've changed because I went, I fuck want to do it just to see at yeah. which point I'd break. Now, you had had you seen the show before you signed up? Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw the UK version. I was like, right. that is insane. Insane. Then I heard that they were going to make an Australian version. And I literally rang my agent and I said, there's a show you've got to have a look at. I've got to get on it. And she, she said, but you don't do, she said, but you don't want to do, yeah. She said, you don't want to, you don't do reality TV shows. And I said, you've got no idea what this is like. This is right. not about, you know, thoughts and feelings. This is about like, literally there is a very, very strong chance that you could actually die if something went wrong, but yeah. there's an almost guaranteed that you'll be injured if you go the whole way, which of course I was, you know, you get yes. quite badly injured. So, so there are things like it's it's you know there's cold uh, issues. I think yeah. uh, uh, who was it? Um, Shannon uh, Ponson. Yeah, 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 yes. He, he got actually, hypothermia. He got hypothermia and has no memory of uh, of of a, returning a day. an entire day because yeah. and he's by the way known as the commando <laughs> and he's meant to be a tough guy and yeah, he had wow. such bad. Um, who was the the bowler uh, whose fingers? Mitchell didn't Johnson. Get, didn't he have issues with his yeah. uh, like uh, his hands? Hand? Yeah, yeah, his hands were shot. That was after four days. After four four days, our hands were so bad and they're just blown up like sausages with like uh, the cold and the and also also he would have used them. He would have used his hands his whole career as well. Like his his fingers would have like been shot before it even started. Uh, no, it's, it's, his hands had swollen up from tiny little micro abrasions that had infections oh. in them, and then they just got. And all of us had it; like it was really quite bad. And some people actually had to get um, antibiotic treatment because the hands had just swollen up like sausages. And it got to the point where, like, after by about day six, I reckon day seven, I, I couldn't do up a button with my fingers. Like p- people, we just weren't able to do it. You go to take a piss and you'd undo the, the pants, and you would not be able to button them up again. It was just so painful. And it'd be and so, so cold, difficult. you wouldn't be able to find your dick as well. Like, oh yeah, well, well, that's it. That's it. About the, I, had to, I had to get other people to help me. Find it. Yeah, think about the poor runner on the show going, "Yeah, I'll do it this time." Oh, well, that's there's no one to help you. That's the other thing too. There's absolutely no discussion, oh, really? no, no okay. contact with any producers at any time ever. You never oh, speak. So this is fascinating. You never speak to oh. anyone other than the four DS and the medic. You're allowed to talk to the medic, but you have to ask for permission to talk to the medic. Wow. Okay, so that's and I reckon that's the big insight for me. For someone who I've worked on a lot of reality where it's just it is orchestrated, but you're saying that as soon as you enter, it's that's just. It. That's it. That's you it. can't talk to anyone else. You can't no. talk to the outside world. You can't no. talk to a producer who'll no. then call to your manager who'll then get Uber Eats. None no. of that. <laughs> no. If you if you want to talk to somebody, you have to quit. That's it. That's the rule. If you want to have a conversation with anyone outside of the DS, you can do that, but you have to hand in your number and you're out. That's it. You're DS, gone. for those who are listening, don't know, is the, uh, four, the, the four basically soldiers. soldiers who are yep. putting you through all of this. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. the ones who... Okay. Wow. So what, again, going back to the original question, the gap between when you said you're going to sign up to day one of showing oh, up on uh, it. Uh, it was eight months. It was about eight, eight months. So yeah. you had eight months to mentally and physically prepare yourself. Yeah. But what happened is that we, we only had four, uh, four months to prepare. I was on pretty early. They said, I, I got the nod pretty early at around about uh, December. I was, I was on, I was like, okay, I'll start training. I really kind of started training in January and um we were jumping off in New Zealand in April. So we go over to New Zealand, we arrive, bang, COVID, lockdown. 
boom, everyone starts to panic. This is the first, this is the first signs of COVID in 2020. And we're like, right. oh, what are we doing? So we were, we were kind of um, uh, contained in a hotel uh, in Queenstown for six days. And then they were supposed to go on the Saturday. And on the Friday, they said, we're not jumping off tomorrow. It's not happening. You're returning to Australia. Otherwise, we're going to get locked here and it's too difficult. We can't do it. Blah, 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 blah. Everybody. So I was filthy. I was gutted. And we flew back on the Saturday back to Australia. But it was probably a good thing for me because it allowed me and everyone else more time to prepare. So I actually reckon that the show was better for it because by the time that, that additional you know, three, four months that I had in Sydney training in lock, mainly in lockdown and, and uh, in confinement um, allowed me to go to another level. I was so much better prepared and so much um, more hardened to discomfort and pain particularly. And I, I was uh, more than anything, it gave me a great piece of time to allow uh, myself to callous my mind and work yeah. on, the, on the mental aspects of what I was about to go into. So when I got to SAS, uh, Australia for the actual show, which was in August in the middle of winter in the snowy mountains of, uh, of, of Australia. Uh, it was tough. It was a tough time. To, it was very cold. And what did and you, what did you do, little... Mary? What did you do to prepare mentally? Like we understand that you're physically, but what, what were some of the things you did leading up to it that you went, oh, this is going to help me or this is going to toughen up my mentality? Uh, there's two things that I did, I did that I look back at now and, and they definitely, definitely galvanized me which and one of them was a piece of advice given to me by uh, an SAS operator a mate of mine and um and it was you get pack fit like pack marching like which I'm actually doing now which is where you put on a lot of weight and you carry a lot of weight he said you that's all you really need to worry about is just how fit you can be with that pack he said because that is going to be your world what's so, the weight we're talking on the packs that you were carrying on the show and 20 kilos on so the show 20, yeah that's a lot that's 20 like... kilos okay so that's what I'm currently training. I'm actually currently training with about 22, 23 kilos at the moment. Running. I saw, like, yeah, you did uh, this morning. You posted a picture of yeah. you getting embarrassed when someone noticed you taking a selfie. Yeah, of, of myself, <laughs> of myself with a backpack on. But I, yeah, I, yeah. this morning I ran. I walked six and I ran nine k's with that pack on. That's about twenty two ah! kilos. That's that's great. What, what's that for? Is that for something or just? Yeah, I'm training. I'm training up for something. I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something quite major next week. So I'm just, yeah. chef. Tempering, <laughs> I'm, I'm tempering my body. But so what that does is it, it's the point is, is that, yes, it is very, very difficult physically, but there's what happens is you start to, the pack becomes uncomfortable. And this is a thing that they told us when we we're on the course and before I went was you need to become comfortable with discomfort, meaning yeah. get used to pain, not just like, oh, it's the burn. I can feel the burn kicking. In. That's exercise. <laughs> I'm talking about going, this is physically distressing me this is uncomfortable this is pain i have the opportunity to stop this but i elect not to right so to to kind of test that the toughest thing i reckon one of the toughest things i've ever done possibly was not on the course it was leading up to it i put on the pack that i've got and i put 40 kilos in it knowing that that was going to be twice as heavy as the pack that i would have on the show so who you put your, so your, your son in the back or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's both children at that age with that age yeah. gap. I've got two <laughs> two twenty uh, kilo kettlebells. I've got one in there at the moment, and I put in two twenty kilo kettlebells. And I set out on a pack march, so just walking past, no running. Um, but I I, I uh, went pack marching. I did thirty one kilometers in six hours with no food. <sighs> and at the end of it, I lost what? five toenails. Wait, what? This is in the prep. 
This, this in the, the prep. prep. Because what made what, you pick 31 kids? What, what made you – you just kept going? Six hours Six hours was the the, um, right. the, oh, okay. the, the target. The, yeah, yeah. And that's what I, you know, I was told to do. I was originally going to do four, and then I was challenged kind of in a really kind of weird self-challenge way to do six. So anyway, I just, I just resigned myself that I was going to do six. Because what I was told, and this is true, is that at two hours, you'll become very uncomfortable. Right. And you'll be very uncomfortable. And what happens is then the, the mind starts to shift. The mind starts to tell you little stories about why it's okay to stop doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the point of it is that the point of the exercise is not the, the kilometers or the weight or anything like that. It's to fight through the voices in your mind that tell you yeah. to stop doing what you're doing. And at around about four, four and a half hours, I had this moment where I started justifying to myself and I was told that this would happen. I started just justifying to myself that I'd done enough. I didn't really need to do the six hours. I'd proven enough to myself. I'd real. I'd covered a half marathon. So I think we can probably, and all of these, every single time these voices would come into my mind and say, you've done enough. It's justified. You can stop. I would then override it and say, shut up. We're doing six hours mm. and push through the pain. Cause the pain is what's telling your brain to stop doing what it's doing. And then so, eventually, I've heard so many people talk about this from David Goggins to uh, yeah, this mm, neuroscientist, mm. Andrew Huberman, because eventually the brain just gets out of the way going, fuck, he's not going to stop. All right, exactly. let's, just let, let's let him be. But he tries everything he can yep. to throw childhood stuff and anything yes. just to stop you from, you know, just to stop you from causing any further discomfort. But then Correct. there's a tipping point. Yeah, absolutely. And what it is, is, it's just that with the pain and the time and the duress, your brain starts to take different narratives and it starts to sabotage your mission because it, it knows that what it wants you to do is stop, right? Yeah. So you've mm -hmm. just got to override it. And if you can override it, then you've, you're very, very close to being able to achieve some, some pretty cool stuff. So I did the six hours and it was very bad for me physically and it wrecked me um but that was only a few weeks out from the course and um i lost toenails as a result of it as i said yeah. like i think i lost one of the toenails on the course it just died and fell off but um what it did is it, it allowed me to know that they were never going to run me six hours with 40 kilos that was just yes. never going to happen yeah. they were never going to do that they might run me for two they might run me for three they might run me for four and they might do it but they're probably not going to make me do it with 40 kilos for six hours you know i think the worst thing i did was probably about uh maybe uh the, on the sickener on the last day i was carrying about i think 70 to 80 kilos on me and i had to run about uh five k's with that and that was just brutal brutal but i'd already kind of done something else and i was like well I, it's all comparative so that was that was a big part of the, the kind of the mental physical training and and having you know uh, my mindset and my, my mind sharp and ready for what was coming that and also too i'd done done some other training in, in regards to um interrogation and and discombobulation and and you know being able to process my mind in difficult circumstances so i've done a lot i've done a hell of a lot of meditation and a lot of self-work mentally so that when i went in i'd already i'd already um been through so much visualization of what this could look like that when i was confronted with these circumstances i was like the brain already went 
oh yeah, this is like the thing that we've been practicing. Right. It wasn't yeah. the unknown. All of a sudden you're nah. just back in a zone that you've been already visited before and you knew you came out of it. Yeah. And kind of, how but, much, but it's what it does is it kind of rather than it being it's not familiar it's still a surprise everything's always a surprise you never know what's coming ever that's what's okay. really difficult you never ever they never tell you a thing like they never say hey listen we're going to go abseiling down the rock face it's never you never know until the very last minute it's but not like if, you get a call sheet yeah exactly there's no there's no time sets there's no oh, like, suppose having... what is it what you're getting familiar with is you're familiar with discomfort now yes so that it doesn't matter what shape or form it takes you just know that discomfort, whether it's mental or physical, is an area you can you 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 can you're comfortable playing in. Correct. And is it the pattern? There's always an end. Is there's it the always, always yeah end. yeah? But that's what I'm thinking. Are you getting are you getting comfortable with the patterns of discomfort? Do you know what I mean? Like that, that it, you know you're getting uncomfortable. The wave like, of it. The wave of it, and then you're like, oh well, this is what this is is now. It's a surprise, but I've kind of been here before in another capacity. Is that kind of what? Yeah, a bit then, a bit, because what happens is that you, your, your body goes, you know, we're humans and we like, we like to process the familiar, right? So if the, if the body sees it's familiar, it goes, oh, this, it's not very good, but we do know that it has an end point. Yeah. So, well, all right, let's let him be a dickhead for a little while. And then later on today, he's going to be a bit tired and sore. That's it. That's just what it yeah. does. Yes. Can you um, can you share a little bit what you've told me uh, uh, about during the interrogation in the finale, which was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, you were in a dark room uh, with, with headphones, with- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. headphones with also uh, sounds between uh, pigs squealing and getting yeah, slaughtered yeah. and babies yeah. crying, and they had that playing in your ear. You're already sleep deprived, right? Yeah, and you're standing with your hands handcuffed to something. Yeah, blindfolded. Am I right? Yeah, and how long was it? Was it like hours at a time? Oh, I think all up. I was there for about six to seven hours or something. I think. How much? Six to seven. Yeah, six to seven hours. Six to seven hours of those noises and things like that going through your head. Torture. It's torture. Yeah, they're torturing you. And you told me about how you got through that. Was I think wine came to the rescue, right? Yep. Because it's um, look what they do is they 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 put headphones on you. What they do is they rob your senses, right? This it makes real sense. It was freezing cold that night too it was four degrees and we were in just boiler suits so very very thin clothing it was very cold and it and was someone tight. for for the record there was like one of the toughest members the uh, the driver she she pulled out molly that, yeah molly she yeah. pulled out during that that challenge too cold it was too cold like and to be honest like i reckon if we, there was only five of us went in but if i reckon if eight of us went in i'm still only four would have come out yeah. it's mm-hmm. what they do but so they they give they rob your senses, so they put a, a bag, a hood over your face, right? A, a black cloth. So what that does is it restricts the amount of air that you can draw in, slows your breathing down. Oh, so so you have you have to calm yourself down and calm your breathing down. Now, I practice a lot of meditation and yoga, and so I was like, well, okay, I know how this works. Let's just slow the breathing down, remain calm, and get this, the amount of oxygen in that we need. Don't panic breathe. That's number one. Number two, you <clears throat> they put... Um, the hood over, then they put some headphones on, and the headphones are playing this really discombobulating um, sound effects. It's, it's far more worse than like people just go, "Oh, pigs screaming." It's not. It's it's actually this really disrupting soundtrack. It's really very awful. Um, but I'd found it. I'd found the soundtrack. It took me like a month to find it. I made a loop of it, and I used to train with a loop of this for hours and hours. Uh-huh. So when I heard it again, I it was kind of like, "Wow, okay." But I went, no, my brain went familiar with this. 
this is this is not good. We don't like it, but we're familiar with it. <clears throat> so what How they've done? Did you is, know it was going to be the same? Like, or was it just coincidental? I didn't. I just it's coincidental. On <laughs> it's called it's called Anthony Kalia's music. No, I'm only joking. Anthony's a great guy. It was the first person that came to mind. It was actually Guy Sebastian. I'm just joking. Guy Sebastian lives around. No, the no, no. He, he threw me under the bus once. That's okay. <laughs> so um, so I, it was just it was actually just pure pure luck, right? Um, I didn't okay. know. I just found this soundtrack. Um, it's like Woody so anyway, Lotto in that situation. Like, it was. was it- it was like it, the music came on, and, and like I went at, at first, I was like, "Holy shit!" And I went, "Oh, you know this?" Well, I know I didn't know all of it, but I knew some of it. This is my favorite track. <laughs> I was familiar with it. I was familiar with it. So I was in, like, in, "You know in, this." In training for it, and sorry, when you came across Amazing. it, what was your what was the setup you had for yourself to get used to it? Were you just in a room? Were you yeah, on yeah. a run? No, no, I, I used to do it when I was pack marching, when I was training, when I was running, I would listen to it for hours on end. Um, but the first time I ever used it, I locked myself in uh, my garage in a, a storage cupboard in my garage at night um, on a concrete floor. I stripped down to my underpants, put the headphones on in a completely black room and put myself in stress position. So like you were describing where, yeah. you know, your hands are above your head or you're sitting on your knees, which is excruciating oh. for long periods of time. And I would cycle between the positions for, in 30 minute cycles. I'd move around. You can do 30 <laughs> minutes on your knees. Yeah. You have to, you have to be able to do that. So 30 minutes on my knees, your legs go dead. Like the blood's gone and it's unbelievably yes, in, painful. When you say on your knees, you're like kneeling or you're like sitting on your ankles, like on your heels. Sitting, sitting on your, on your, on your heels. Wow. Fuck. Which I can't, I can't even physically do. Like I, my, my, my like yeah. I can't actually touch, my bum does not touch my ankles. So the idea yeah. of that. Yeah. It's not, it's not, I'm not saying it's a great thing. It's a shit thing, but doing that and then putting your hands above your head, like actually strangely enough, just having your hands, elevated above your head on a wall like for the first few minutes you just go this is a piece of piss what a joke and then at about 25 minutes you're just going make this end this is so bad they had a very similar challenge on survivor a couple of weeks ago where you just had to hold a book like a thing up it was not a heavy thing yeah yeah. and if you dropped it then the a ball would fall or whatever so you're trying to like hold it and it's actually breaks you it's an it's an ancient um, yeah. uh, Chinese, I believe, yeah, and uh, Asian uh, uh, torture. It's, yeah. an, it's an actual torture technique. So anyway, I, I kind of <clears throat> trained myself. But the point is that they, so they, they, you've got the headphones on, you've got the, the uh, mask over your face to restrict your breathing, um, and you can't smell anything either, right? But then they put over the top of that, they put out blinding goggles, like the, they're like workman's goggles that have been painted black. So you cannot see a splinter of light. There is nothing. So now what they've done is they've robbed your sense of smell. There's no sense of taste. And they've robbed um, your yeah. sense of hearing. Right. They've, and, they've um, done ev- Yeah, they've done everything. So what have you got left? Your sense of touch. And then what you've got in front of you is these pain positions, these stress positions. So you focus all of your attention on the one sensory part that you've got left, which is the pain sensory, the physical. That's what they do to you. That's the point of it. So then to answer your question, Dill, you've got to, you've got to take your mind away and you've got to move it fast. You've got to get your brain out of that pain sequence and somewhere else. Just take it away, take it to a beach, take it to Bali, do wherever you know your happy place you've got to get out of there and so i remember really clearly on one of the 30 minute cycles that i was in a stress position for i just thought about rieslings from the claire valley that i enjoy drinking <laughs> 30, 30 minutes and i got tapped on the shoulder by a soldier and dragged like picked up and dragged out of there and i was like 
fuck, mate, I haven't even I haven't even finished. I've only just got the pikes. <laughs> and I was I remember thinking the tannins haven't released yet. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm not done here. I'm not done. And I got dragged away for interrogation. I was like, wow. And that's when I realized, like wow. mentally, I thought, yeah, I thought I've got this. Each time I get put back in that position. I'll just take myself back to wine. And I started thinking about, uh-huh. you know, wine and food and friends and, and I was fine. And that's, that's, that's what got me That's a superpower. Because I hear stories mm. about this, but but can you now still access that? Do you, yeah. you still, you can yeah. just still, so so again, like you said, without giving anything away, you've got a big thing coming up. So yeah, I'll tell you, I don't care. I'll tell you. I'll, and so I haven't spoken about it. I've kept it a bit secret, but I'll. Well, hang on, this but, is going public. It's just, just the three of us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Well, when you, when you say public, it's only your listeners. So, um... <laughs> Walked into that one. Shit. Yeah, it really was. I was like, like, excuse me while I go think about Riesling because yeah, that yeah. pain is too much. The cellar door was wide open on that one. <laughs> Bang. Walked straight into a magnum. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to train up. I'm going to do a half marathon, which is 21 kilometers, but I'm going to do the 21 kilometers with 21 kilos on my back. Jesus. Oh, Wow. Jesus. And it's so today I did nine, nine K's running and six K's walking. And I can tell you it's, it's pretty hard. It's, it's, it's That's hard, crazy. but, but I know that I've done more than half of it today and I'm a week out from having a crack at it next Friday. I'll do it. Yeah. And I, I know that if I can get past halfway on anything, I'm there. I'll get there. With or without fair, I did When I did my half marathon, I was still carrying about 30 extra kilos on yeah. my waistline. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be possible. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Totally. It's it, but it, it becomes a bit of a, it becomes a bit of a mental game where you have to. Uh-huh. I think um, with the pain of the pack, like the um, the discomfort of the pack on your chest, it, like it's weird. It's it hurts in very strange places, and all of a sudden you get pains in parts of your body that you just don't get another time. Like I could go and run a half marathon, and I'll have pains in certain areas, but with a pack running, all of a sudden, like there's a tiny soft part underneath my left toes which is agonizing it is apparently it's agonizing and as soon as i stop it's gone this actually corroborates with the video i was watching yesterday about this guy who went and lived in the arctic for one month because he realized that you know we we are too comfortable now like he, he yep. he's written a whole book about you know uh what's it called um the rituals that they had in the maasai and things like that where they yep. got to go yep. kill a lion before they can return to the mm. tribe and all those types of things and how by losing that we've lost our ability to process pain as much as we used to and one of the things he recommends is obviously not go to the arctic not everyone can afford to do that but he's like wearing a backpack and and going for a walk or running or whatever it engages this evolutionary makeup of ours where we used to carry heaps of shit on our back so you'd hunt and kill say a, a buck or whatever but you've got to carry the buck back to the to the to yep. the camp or the tribe so that thing is part of our makeup of being able to do that but instead what we're doing is we're sitting so much that's why so many of our injuries around our backs and our hips are because we are spending so much time seated as opposed to standing and engaging those back muscles so yeah yeah exactly what you're saying about the backpack is really weird bizarre that you say that today when literally just yesterday i heard this guy talking about what a big anything it's called rucking or, or yeah right yeah people call yeah. it a ruck they, some yeah. people call it a ruck some people call it a bergen or a backpack or stomping there's all sorts of different terms for uh-huh. it but yeah. it's a very very military thing but there's a different type of fitness and a different type of engagement mm. that you have when you've got that much weight on you it's not like running it's it's yeah. it's different it's a completely different thing and like like i said the pain kicks in in places that you just don't think are gonna hurt and it's 
it can be quite agonizing. But, you know, kind of answer the, I suppose the, the broad reason for why I'm doing it is that we're in lockdown. It's mm-hmm. a shit time. And each month I need to set myself a physical goal because it's something I can control. I can't control COVID. I can't control the lockdowns. I can't control the numbers. So much in my world. I can't control all of my work aspects. Yeah. I can't control what, what my financial aspects. You know, I can't, there's so much stuff I can't control at the moment. I can control me. I can control that. And I control my ability to endure and endure the pain. And that's what we're in. We're in an endurance race with this lockdown. We're in an yep. endurance race. So what it does is it physically mirrors that. And I look at that and I think about it each day is that I'm in a shit, shit world of, of, you know, watching my children in homeschooling, hating it and over it. And it's an endurance, yep. but we will come through it. Yep. So I parallel that with the physical aspects and it, it helps me massively. Like each day, each day, every single day, I'm out there with that pack on every day until I finish the half marathon. Yeah, which is which is is amazing, Mary, only because it's like, especially for you know parents, it's like yeah, you're there for your kids, but you're also this just allows you to be there for yourself. So even yeah. then, the pain itself is just it's just a fact that you've got a a goal that is is purely focused on you. So then, when you've done that and you've gone through the pain, that you can actually come aside and go, now I've got time to focus on my kids. Because I think hundred percent, Ben, hundred percent, and I'm so much better as a father when I'm doing yeah. it. To, you know, like I'm, I, when I say I'm better, like I'm just in their presence. Yep. I'm a lot more patient. Oh, especially a lot, a, now. A lot calmer. Yeah, it's that. That's exactly it. You know, because- I see my kids are stressing, and I can see the stress on them. So I go, I work. I go. My son needs to get out, so I take him for a kick of the footy, or I can, I can identify those things because I've parked all of my own shit in yep. the morning. It's done. It's finished. Yeah. Early, up at five, get it done, crack on, finish it, and then I find that I'm just more present for my whole family. And this is, is huge. And this, and this is coming across a lot of people that if you can do something that physical, like I was doing the until before my surgery, but just like just sauna and then a, like a really cold shower. So that yeah, by, it's by the, But by the time the kids are up, there's that sense of like, hey, I'm here. And I, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to get crampy and I'm not going to crack the shits when I watch Gladys announce those numbers at whatever fucking time. But for this period, I'm okay. And I think yeah. there's a lot of people who who are just like, because drinking till two o'clock in the morning, sure, you need no to good. do it sometimes. It's not going to help. It's not no. going to help at all. It's, it just won't no. because you, know, you don't know how long you're going to be doing this. Correct. Correct. Mas- that's the thing, Ben. That's the thing. You don't, we with, don't know how long to do this. Don't with, with 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 the with SAS with what you're talking about your current ch- challenge and all of that. How much do you attribute, especially when you have these negative voices that kick in and telling you to stop? How much time do you think is worth spending on actually understanding why you're doing something? And did that ever come into place where when you said SAS, when there were moments of wanting to throw uh, throw in the towel, where you just remind yourself? You know, so say, take the example of running with you uh, today, you know, that as, if you get this done, if I wake up at five and push myself here, then I have this reward uh, to be able to play with my kids and be present for my kids, which is something that isn't connected to you as in, in the sense that you're there for someone else. Like how much yep. do you find purpose uh, that drives you from being able to be there for other people? Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I just, I, I just see it. And I just know that I, I'm, I'm, you know, a lot more present for my wife and kids. Like, just like, I, I just look to them and go, what can I do for them now? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I still, I'm still do a full day's work because this yeah. is all done. There's two things, right? Number one is get it started, get it done. 
Don't yeah. stand around and procrastinate. Get into a routine. Get up at five. I don't know anyone who gets up at five o'clock and smashes out everything they need to do. Meditation, exercise, um, right diet, right foods, right, you know, right setup, journaling. Take I vitamins, do journaling. Whatever you need do, to do. That's it. Do you do your shit. Get all your shit done. Right. There's four things that I, four practices I make each day. One of them's, you know, clearly mental with just meditation, just for me. That's the first thing I do. I have coffee. Um, and then I meditate. Uh, but if you get those things done, then you've you've done you. You've done you. You're yeah. done. You've done, and there's no like, oh, I should have done that. I should have done this. You've, yeah. There's no shooters. You've done them. You yeah. just get them done. Get them started. Get them done. And then the reward, Dill, is that the fact that you just go, I'm I'm a better version of me today. And yeah. started at five. I don't know anyone who gets up at five and does those things who complains about doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it is, I find that when when I'm uh, on song and I'm doing them correctly, 100% agree with you. I've, I'm at the moment learning how to push through the resistance that I have initially between that action and also knowing the reward. So for example, I think I've said on the pod, Ben, I do cold showers in the morning as a reminder that initially there's a temporary discomfort, but I know at the end of that five minute yeah. shower, whatever, I am fucking fired up. So yes, it primes right. me for the whole day to yeah. go, yes, this is temporary discomfort, but trust me, you're going to feel better at the end of it. And that sets up the mood. Now, do you still, do you have any of those kind of things holding you back? You know, cause the bed is really comfortable, you know, the doona is so warm, oh, yeah. you know, like what do you have any like, like tricks or anything like that? Is it leaving the alarm clock on an other side or are you at this point now? It's just so part of your DNA to just switch on and go. It's, I reckon that, and you know, this is, this is probably, um, uh, one of my mates, a guy called Bram Connolly, who, uh, is an ex commando. Uh, and he's really good with this and stuff. But he kind of said to me, he goes, it, it, you know, people talk about you're only cheating yourself. He said, if that's the first thing you say to yourself, you know, when the alarm goes off or, or words to this effect, he said something about like, you know, the, the commitment is that if, you, if you're letting anybody down, you're letting down yourself. So like, yeah. that's motivation enough to get you out. And it's just get it started, get it started, get it done. And it starts with getting out of bed. You know, yeah. mate, the alarm get, goes off like... Sometimes it goes, it went off early this week. And I was like, I do not want to be awake now. I just want to, I just want to sleep. But I go, but I know how good I'm going to feel at eight o'clock when I've nailed everything and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm working on the things that I enjoy. So and it's interesting you say up, you're going go to let yourself down. Sorry, but the only is because um, I reckon that part of it, and I 100% agree, it's you're letting yourself down. And for me, for that to take effect took years because I had so little self-respect or self-love that I didn't mm. mind disappointing myself. I didn't mind drinking too much and, and be feeling like shit the next day. I didn't mind overeating and knowing that I'm having a, you know, a shorter lifespan because I didn't care about me. You know what I mean? I cared about yep. that temporary satisfaction that I'd get. But it's after, say, therapy and all kinds of work that I did in terms of going, no, 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 I fucking deserve to feel happy that I was able to now prioritize my health and prioritize my well-being going, yes, I am going to get out of bed and have a cold shower because I deserve to feel good at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
And then, and 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 what I've done recently is 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 like even then when there's something happens, like so for instance, I had surgery. All the listeners know that I've been actually told that I can't use my sauna because of the wound and that it can get affected, and it's the last thing. So that, that's taken that away from me. So it's like, well, what's my flip? Because that's my excitement. I just get out, I turn on the sauna, I start oh, in the man. morning. I can't, I can't tell you how envious I am. You a sauna? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, you're a comedian. You're a comedian. You're not meant to have any possessions. <laughs> Um, but, 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 but then, so because I can't have that at the moment, is when I do wake up early, and because it's locked down, I, I've tried to flip it. So there's moments where I don't want to get out of bed, but I get out, I stand in the middle of my living room, and just go, listen to that silence. That silence right now is so beautiful because it's not going to happen for the next 12 hours. Yeah. So just in, enjoy the silence. Like, and it's oh, just like, man. Take it in because it's about to end as soon as 7 o'clock hits. It's yeah. all up. And so yeah. like, even then, like I was this morning, had a rough night's sleep, but I was just standing in my living room going, oh, hello, darkness, my good friend. Just let me, let me soak that silence up, which is, again, yeah, yeah. just trying to flip it to get out of bed to enjoy it. But you know that's a form of meditation, right? You don't have to sit down in an uncomfortable position or I mean I do. I like to sit cross-legged up against a wall and and really kind of get in a, a pose for meditation. But like meditation is like you can just be staring at a tree for 10 yeah. minutes aimlessly. That's meditation. Your brain is going away to a place. And that is such a gift to yourself to just go, I'm going to enjoy like I love meditation. I love it. I love yeah. I love to just if I if I could go away and meditate now, I'll do it. Yeah, because it's, it's it's really good. It's like a, it's kind of like, you know, it's like washing your car. Your car's great, but when you wash it, Oof. it's better. Yeah, that's a great analogy. A great uh, I know Schwarzenegger talked about how he did um, transcendental for a year, and he had like immense benefit from it. But oh, he stopped after a year. He stopped after a year because he realized he gets the same thing when he works out anyway. Because he's so focused on whatever rep he's that's doing that's that it. he gets the same effect so he's he never poo pooed it but he just said oh i have my i already have my meditation which is my working out yep and that's so- and that's how you do nine k's with 21 k's yeah. 21 kilograms <laughs> on your back is you, you do you slip into a meditative state where you just start you know you, you your brain will slowly take you away and that's you know i reckon it's a, it's a big key is being able to find times whether you're in exercise or anything else to allow your brain to escape thinking about the shit the other thing i do and i, I strongly suggest this to listeners do not read digital news platforms yeah. or social media until 9am. Yeah. Don't Huge. touch it. Do not pollute your day when you're starting to, when you're trying to kickstart it. You, yeah. that, it's all about triggers. That stuff is all about triggering you. So don't let them trigger you when you, when you're working on yourself, work on yourself first, then work on everything else after that. Yeah. Give yourself those, you know, a couple of hours, two, three hours if you can in the morning to just be you. Yeah, but you got the sacrifice is you have to get up early to do that. Yeah, we totally. we need we need to start wrapping up. But I, I do nine o'clock's few... late. Like believe it or not, nine o'clock is late these days. Especially I, I try to do I try to do <laughs> I try to do eleven. Eleven's my goal Jesus to try and avoid social media. Oh, but what, I mean, God. obviously, it's been harder but, than you know what days. I do. I, I put I've got a thing on my phone. I suggest this too, right? I'm gonna uh, do not disturb. Triggers at eight fifteen. Yeah, it's a, nice. a forty-five minute wind down, and I go to bed at nine. I go to bed. I'm in bed at nine p.m. because mm. there's nothing. There's nothing I need to do, see, watch, be a part of after nine p.m. I mm. go to bed at nine p.m. I sleep solidly for those eight hours, mm-hmm. um, and then I get up at five. Um, so from nine from nine till five a.m. I, I sleep like a log. Usually, you know, like sometimes I wake up, but you know, I sleep 
better than I used to. But as from really locking in that, my digestion is so much better. My energy, my yeah, my energy levels are much better. My capability, my mental acuity, everything is better. Like if there's one thing I would suggest to people, if you want to kind of start the process, is just go to bed at nine after making yourself tired from working. Make yourself tired, drop all the electronics from eight pm, and then get up at five and start your day. Do that, and, you, and everything else, everything else will fall into it. It's like a framework. Everything else will fall into it. It's like a basket to fill. Yeah. What do you do when you take off electronics like telly and phone and stuff? Do you read or do you, none of that? No. Stimulus? No read. No yeah. read. But but usually, uh, to be honest, I'm normally watching TV until about five to nine. But I'm just watching something I don't really care about. I'm watching something with my wife because she likes to do that. And we're engaged. Australia so- now and then. Yeah, never. Um, nothing, nothing that I'm on ever. Um, no one in my family ever gives a shit about anything that I do. Yeah. Um, so great, so but great. yeah, that's that's yeah. But I'm I'm not like you know puritanical. You have to you know smoke a candle until fucking nine. Just you know. Well, this is, this is- just don't just don't don't engage with triggers. That's uh-huh. the, the TV for me is not triggering. Watching you know something you know based in um you know mythology or something or anything is like mm. game of thrones is not going to trigger me out yeah. but social really? media and news news Steam that start get killed didn't trigger you fucking hell but the, you're, but a, you're like, a monster <laughs> but, but even then the temptation i think for so often it's so easy to lead to temptation i've done it for over a year now where my phone my smartwatch, uh, anything else that is electronic is on top of the coffee machine in the kitchen it has not been in my bedroom for over a year. Yeah, so yeah. So therefore, I can just get out and I never get tempted. And I reckon I go to sleep quicker uh, than I ever have before purely because I'm not there just scrolling on yep. Instagram reels, just going, yep. wow, this dog can really surf. So- <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen that dog. That fucking can surf. Good. It's amazing. He's fucking great. <laughs> and he's <laughs> having such a great time too. You know what I mean? He's so happy. I reckon um, he gets up at 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was just going to finish off just quickly asking about what type of flavor of meditation you do. Is there any particular thing that you follow? Is it in a- Yeah. All my, I do guided meditation deal. I do them all. I think we've had this guided- before. Yeah. yeah. I, do, I, do, I do transcendental. I love it if I can take time to do transcendental, uh-huh. but tip, what I do at 5am is get up and have a coffee. Cause it kind of stops me from going to sleep in meditation. Just uh-huh. gives yeah. me a bit of stimulation. Um, and what I do is I do really, really focused, um, a visualization that's what i do in the morning so i visualize so i split it into two parts and i have a music track which is goes for two parts and it's two sets of about eight minutes so about 16 minutes all up the first Guided part again so oh, this is just music no no no, no it's just music it's just it's just it's just a soundtrack that i use um and Pig squealing <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is my kids nagging um <laughs> What it it does is it just gives me like a trigger, a guide to know that this is, it's quite rhythmic to the heartbeat, calms, keeps me calm, but allows me to focus. So the first half of what I do at the moment, what I'm doing is I practice the first eight minutes. I think about the things that I've achieved, the things that I'm good at, the things that I'm proud of, the things that I've done, the things that I, um, I know are quantifiable. I've done those things and I, I should be happy with myself for doing those things. Then the second half, I concentrate on the things I want to do the way I'm going to do. I visualize those things. So I've gone from visualizing things that are real, that have happened, that are, that cannot be replaced. They are real. 
only positive things. And then I go into thinking about things that I want to do, things that I want to achieve, things that are going to happen in the future. And I visualize those until they come true. Wow. That's amazing. Can you, are you, do you, are you comfortable sharing what the music is? Like, is it on yeah, YouTube yeah. or whatever? I'll, I'll, is it? I've got it on my phone here, man. It's really good. Yeah. It's called, it's called Weightless. I use Weightless, which is by, uh, my, just give me, sorry. Give me one That's second. Right. Uh, is. is it an app or no no it's it's uh, uh it's marconi union if you if you look for marconi union yeah m-a-r-c-o-n-i union they've got a thing called weightless oh, yeah. and we used to use it for our kids and it's oh weightless with... part one part two yeah part yeah three. yeah right yeah. right, right. ambient so, transmission yeah that's it so i use that and i usually use weightless part one as my first cycle in yeah. and then i usually use uh weightless part two as the cycle out yeah, amazing. I really like that. And so you're saying you used to use that for your kids to soothe Well, them. no, there's because it's this is where I discovered it. There is a, a like a, a 12 hour loop or 10, 10 hour loop of it that I also have, which is just a weightless part, part one where it just it loops straight into the next sequence. So it's oh, never yeah, ending. Yeah, yeah. And they use it for sleep therapy for children because it's, yeah. it's, it's got a heartbeat rhythm to it. Yeah. So it naturally sinks your heart. So it calms your breath, sinks your heart. So it's good for children when they can't sleep. And that's how long I've had it. But yeah, I wow. use, I just use the eight-minute one to just get my heart, my rhythm, and my breathing into, into rhythm. And now it's, that's for me. That's to visualize what I've done. And then in the next one is a little bit um, higher tempo and a bit a different beat. And that's where I go into a separate thing. So I do one thing, which is part. That's so future. great because that really ticks off the box of gratitude because you're starting the day with mm. thinking about the things that have gone well. Like Correct. everything that I've studied about gratitude is saying it doesn't have to be I'm really grateful that I'm, I, you know, I feed my children and my children aren't starving. That's true. That's great. But it's, it's almost not real because you've always been able to do that. Yeah. But if you are able to look back and think of the genuine success, the wins you had yesterday, that's a real feeling that you can tap into and go, fuck yeah, I'm glad I did that walk or that yep. run or whatever. Yeah, so but, being able also, to kick okay. the day off with that mindset is is definitely, I can see the direct benefit. Totally. Deal. And that, and the only thing I wanted to add to that is it's it also under the circumstances, you're creating your own narrative for the day. And again, it's the only thing you can control at the moment. Correct. It's just your narrative. So then if you've already set it up, then you can, you reap the rewards of the narrative you created at the end of the day. So it doesn't matter what the numbers are, what the caseloads are. By right. the end of the day, you are knackered. You finish your narrative. You start the next one the next day. That's Correct. great, Merrick. It's amazing. It's really, really. I hate, I, you go. I was going to say, having said that, boys, at 5.30 this afternoon, I'm going to crunch about 20 cans of beer. I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a massive pisshead. I didn't drink last night. Uh, I don't drink during the week except for Wednesdays. I have a bottle of wine. But I can tell you yeah. right now that even though I've been a weapon this morning yeah. and done some amazing shit and burnt like 1,200 calories in one workout, I'm going to destroy myself with alcohol this weekend. So but it, it feels earned, it. doesn't it? Like it yes. feels like you're not on autopilot. This is the thing right. I think that the key difference is whether you're on autopilot or not like yeah. and and you made a really beautiful comment Mez, on my insta yesterday because i posted about my five years of yep. sobriety and congratulations you said, like, well, awesome. thanks mate and that different relationship people have and which you respect but like you you've been able to navigate you know alcohol 
uh, in a way it works for you to the point that we should get to finish off on this, I suppose, which is that to the point that a lot of your income is now linked to wine. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. It's, yeah. It's, the fun, it's the funny thing is, you know, like I, I work really closely on the wine industry and I've got wine qualifications and I've got like, I do lots of wine um, tasting and Zooms and stuff like that for corporate work and I love it. It's, it's, yeah. it's great and it's fun and I'm really into it. But also too, you know, I come from a family of alcoholics and I'm acutely aware that if I was not... Um, cognizant of that that i could slip into it so and i yeah. i respect people who give away alcohol i have no problem with that i don't want to but yeah. also do i have extremely strict disciplines as you know deal around alcohol i don't i don't drink sundays i don't drink mondays and i don't drink tuesdays i drink every wednesday i don't drink thursdays usually sometimes i might a little bit i yeah. didn't last night um and i drink lots on fridays lots yeah. <laughs> lots yeah. and lots and lots and on saturdays and on saturdays i drink Two Fridays, but in one day. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a genuinely, genuinely perfect way to wrap that. Up. And Two I'm being sincere Fridays because it is, I think for our listeners, <laughs> for listeners and myself included, there's so many great takeaway points and so many things that you shared with us that feel superhuman. So it's nice to show the kryptonite kicked in at the end. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not because it is about humanizing and, but, but I'm being sincere when I say that it's important to have that aspect as well, because it now we know that you, you know, like, Anyone can do it. Like, I'm not trying to be dismissive yeah, of the 100%. ability, but yeah. but it's about being able to take those steps to get to that point where you're at. Yeah, being able to, but it's so much about in, intro, like being able to look at yourself and ask yourself questions like, where do, does my alcohol slip up or where can I control it? Or where do I, what do I need to, what do I need to do to be a better father as opposed to why aren't my kids better? Yeah, correct. And, and it's accountability and responsibility. That's yeah. where it starts. You've done that. Both of you boys have done that. You've taken accountability and it starts with this this is this this is the, the process of how it works really, really i know that we keep talking and we keep winding up but i love really, it though but it's, yeah, it's it really it just starts with number one you've got to have awareness it starts with awareness saying i have this i am this this is the situation right no matter what it's awareness awareness of your failings your strengths whatever have awareness second thing is um, to have some sort of accountability around that, right? So um, the the awareness starts with understanding that there is a thing, and then there's the accountability is having a look at it and saying, okay, well, an acceptance, and acceptance is part of that accountability. Acceptance. Uh, my acceptance is um, I'm aware that I really like alcohol. My acceptance is that that is part of my you know potentially my DNA. Um, and the acceptance is that I want to I want to drink it, but I also too I have to accept the fact that there's alcoholism in my family. So awareness, acceptance. The next one is action, and right. that's the, that's the three A's, mate. It's awareness, acceptance, and accountability. Okay. And then the next one is action. So what actions do I take? I block out days where I don't touch alcohol, and that's it. Non-negotiable. Don't touch booze, unless I say unless I say I'm going to have a week where I'm going to have booze. And I've done that and I will do that again, where I say for a week, I'm going to drink booze every single day. I could do that for a month and know that I could switch it off. Right. But right. That's, because- that's the thing. That's what you want. You want awareness and then you want acceptance and then you want action around that. And that's a muscle that you've developed because the more you do it, yep. the stronger that, that that muscle comes, that you can turn it off. It's reflex. Turn it off when you do it. And I think I think for a lot of listeners of America, it's just also a reminder that, you know, it's just another classic example of if you can focus, again, because times are so unbelievably tight, but if you can focus on yourself and have those clear goals, that the byproduct, you know, you forget that the byproducts are stuff like, oh, I'm a better dad. 
And that yeah. is one insane byproduct to have. Like it's like rather than that being your sole focus, it's actually on top of you focusing on yourself. Again, yep. creating that narrative and you know, again, and there are people in you know harder situations. We get that where it might not be easy, but even then, you practice that muscle, it gets better. Mate, it's I just, as Dill knows, you never regret a day where you're not hungover. You know, you never wake up and go, <laughs> God, I wish I was feeling like shit. But on that thing about what 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 one of you said, I just remembered something I read today, a line. It said, recovery is not about perpetually living in joy and harmony, but about shortening the time it takes to return there when you inevitably fuck it up. Mm. So in that yeah. sense, it's just like being able to remember that, say, whether it's recovery from booze or whatever, like like you said, Mez, you know you can switch it on if you need to, so mm. you don't live in fear of giving into it. Correct. Because your ability to, to, to be able to pull back is strong now, and that is a muscle that can atrophy. The more you give into it, yeah. the more you lose that ability to do that. So once yeah. in a while by saying, okay, well, Wednesdays is a non-negotiable, no drinking, you are actually flexing that muscle the same way you flex a bicep. And yeah. you know that, and then you just strengthen it over time. Control, and it, you know what? Nothing feels better than when you know that you've got control over yourself. Like that's when you, if you can control your body and can control your mind, it usually starts with the body. But if you can control your mind in difficult circumstances, you are very, very difficult to beat. Yeah, Fuck, we need a part two at some point in the future, please. I can tell people. I can go sharpen a spear. Yeah, exactly. Part two is is how does a normal sounding guy at times be such a psychopathic weapon? Part two, Merrick, what's next time? See you guys. That is the thing, though. I think that's what I love about you, man, is that like. When people, especially the DS on 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 SAS, when they found out you were you were a comedian, they're like, "What? <laughs> that doesn't sound right." But you knew this is not the time for you to be the Merrick yeah, yeah. that that you know people know and love you for. Yeah. You're here on an absolute mission, and I yeah. love that. And that's not because you're just some robot. You put the work in to get there. No. You know what yeah, I mean? You yeah, put no. the work in to get to compartmentalization and all those things. And I oh think yeah, if you, I fucking if love the that. right soundtrack, kids yeah, and it, big squealing. I, I say this. I'll say this to all children listening right now. If you want to be a crazy pisshead when you're older, you're going to have to work at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. You're going to put in that. That's the thing. Yards. I think people. Do you know how hard it is to be a professional clown? Like how much discipline you need to have to have longevity so in this true. career? Like so you true. have to have discipline to be a fuckhead, a professional yep. fuckhead. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. More than ever. Um, well, Mez, uh, thank you. Uh, honestly, I, I just yeah. can't thank Thanks, you enough. Uh, uh, our listeners thank you, boys. so much, and I got so much oh, out of it. And I know there's too. actionable things for me that I'm going to take away from it, including weight loss as a very minimum uh, as, yeah, it's as good. A starting point. Yeah, I'm but try where can people stuff. find you? Uh, tell us about Grapes of Mirth, what's coming up, uh, and anything you else know, you want to plug. Just go to grapesofmirth.com.au if you right, care stuff. about anything. Uh, so <laughs> if, you like, if you like anything, like if you like the idea of seeing a man in his late 40s hurting physically, just go to my Instagram and have a it's look great. at this. There's usually some images of me just going, look at with a face that looks like I've bitten off more than I can chew. That's pretty classic. Um, and you know what? It, the only thing I would say is just be good to people at the moment. It's a shitty time. Be good. Yeah. Be good to people. Get around well people. Said. It's um, excellent, excellent. So thank fight. you so much, Mez. Thank you uh, to our listeners. Pleasure. Thank you for patron subscribers for yeah again only the... five bucks a month, and I hope you enjoyed the last. So we got a lot of feedback from the week before. A lot of people wanting if uh, the nurse who pushed my pus out of my body, Julie, has her own Instagram. I don't know. I'm not in contact with her. <laughs> Stop using her real name. <laughs> I know. I forget that. <laughs> 
Um, Merrick, absolute pleasure to go from a high Thanks, five boys. to this chat. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, Take care, everybody. Love you.